guess what? It's another weird one because we can't get our crap together. So here is a co calling our friends, people who have been on the show uh, that we chat with, that we talk about, uh, just checking in, seeing how everybody's doing uh, in this new life that we're living. Um, you know, some people have uh, gone dark on social media or, you know, you just, you're just not hearing from everybody as much because everybody's l- adjusting and dealing with new things and new situations in life. So I took it upon myself to just shoot out a few text messages and see if anybody wanted to chat for a few minutes. And you're going to hear it all compiled here with a handful of friends and uh, just checking in. Hope you enjoy. Hope you are safe. Hope that um, you feel the love and the friendship in the various communities that you're a part of, including this Flippin' Flippers family. All right. Enjoy. What's up, Will? Will the Hugh of the Just Surprise Me podcast and uh, coronavirus survivor. How are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> was that good enough? Still kicking. <laughs> was that good? <laughs> that was good. That was good. All right. Yeah. So, uh, how's it feel to be a survivor? And um, you know, you're in the ranks of uh, Beyonce now. I mean, you're right oh, up really? there with her. I didn't know. Well, I, didn't I mean, know she had, the, had it, man. No. Well, she had that song. She's a survivor. Uh, okay. She's never All right. Give up. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> it feels, it feels all right, man. I'm kind of, it's weird because, uh, I tried to go for like a follow up for my primary care today, actually, and uh, they refused to see me. Really? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the doc said he didn't want anybody in the office that had tested positive for COVID. <laughs> I was like, so you're telling me I, I can't come to the doctor because I'm sick. <laughs> and then they, they uh, long story short, some of my former former physicians in the market. Huh? I won't. Uh, I won't go into detail, but I, it was not a pleasant phone conversation after I was told that. Well, that is unfortunate. I had a I had a joke, yeah. and, and I lost it. I, I had a joke, and then it disappeared uh. on me. So. Um, well, story of my life, man. Yeah, seriously. Uh, my brain just keeps fizzling the older and older I get. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of weird. <laughs> you, you went from being on top of the world, uh, an essential uh, worker in our, you know, world, to being the outcast. I can't even get a doctor's appointment, man. <laughs> I know, it. I know, it, man. I got one. I went to a different doctor, so okay, we're all good. But, but uh, yeah, man, it's a uh, been nuts. The whole situation's been crazy. The world has gone insane. Yes, it has. But uh, uh, my grandfather. But I get it now. <laughs> I, I guess it just keeps getting worse and worse. Is that what we're we're told to believe? I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> I uh, my, my COVID experience. I'm glad. I'm glad it's over, man. Like it's uh, it's been uh, it's been interesting. 
never been part of a pandemic before. So. Yeah, I don't think any of us have really, right? I caught the swine flu. Does that count? I'm two for two. I mean, they didn't, two two they didn't really make a big deal about like this, though. But. It was worse in my experience. Man, I thought I was, I was like death eating crackers. With the, yeah. Swine flu. That was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Well, what what uh what guitar stuff has been shaking? You are uh, a guy that likes to move things in and out quickly. What's what's uh, what's going on in that line of the world for you? you yeah, got man. anything fun? Mostly just been moving stuff in here lately. I uh, I got I actually bought that that old beat up SG from Paul. Oh yeah. And, uh, man, I tell you, I don't know. I I was waffling back and forth, and then he yeah. He did his, his Paul thing and, and sucked me in, which is his wily, uh, wily salesman way. Yeah. And uh, I got it, and it feels like I've owned it for 20 years. I'm just like kind of interested in playing with it. So I'm nice. really excited. Like I, I really haven't played any of my other guitars in the past couple of weeks. Hmm. I'm, I'm a P90 guy. I didn't know I was a P90 guy. So. Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that don't realize they're P90. Uh, fans because they don't give them a chance. They are my, right. my favorite. Yeah. So I just kind of overlooked it, man. I, I really, I really kind of get the, the feel. It's kind of like the middle ground. You know what I mean? It's got a little bit more, a little bit more uh, oomph to it than your typical single coil, but it's not quite humbuckery. Yeah, you don't lose lose as much clarity and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that man, and I, I got that. Uh, I bought a, a pedal called. Sonic bronchitis. Sonic, Sonic bronchitis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, kind of fitting for you know, uh, the whole current yeah. situation. But uh, man, I, I dig it. I dig it. It's uh, you know, it's his stuff is like marketed towards like you know, doom and stuff. stuff but yeah, very versatile. So I have to, I have to send it out there. Let's check it out. It's cool. Yeah, I will pick it up off of the doorstep with tongs and Lysol wipes. Yeah, we're good now. <laughs> I've been released into the wild, man. That's right. They threw me back. <laughs> now you got all them antibodies, right? That's what I, I hear. I'm invincible. Yeah. Cool. Well, Where I lick doorknobs and stuff. You, you know, I, I've heard you and, and Paul and I think even uh, Jim Bowers talked about how i am i am the impossible trade and um you all have still failed to do any trades or sales with me just so you know it's, i know man i'm i'm i can't uh, my flip game is, is, is weak right now because i've taken a facebook uh, or social media break yeah so i'm not i can't use the marketplace i'm back to craigslist and let go like a chump <laughs> And I've looked at Craigslist a few times recently because um, I'm looking actually to try and find like a go-kart for my kid for his birthday. And Craigslist kind of sucks. And Craigslist is like, I don't know, it's like the trailer park of the, uh, the secondhand sales world. <laughs> Weird stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Weird world, yeah, I'd like, man. I'd like to see, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, uh, I wonder if it's better in like wealthier areas. I don't know. Um, I think, I mean, this would just be my guess that 
wealthier areas, they probably don't bother selling stuff. They probably just throw it away. Right. I mean, I know when sometimes yeah. I, I, I'm not saying that I'm wealthy, but sometimes I do that sort of thing where I'm just like, ah, I can't be bothered for 50 bucks. I'm just going to throw it away. <laughs> Man. Which isn't, which isn't very Next often. Call me before you do this. Well, okay. Call me before you do this. Okay, let me let me uh, clarify a little bit. I say I can't be bothered for fifty bucks. I'm just gonna throw it away, and then I put it in my garage in a box for like five years. <laughs> you want to hear something crazy, Kyle? Huh? I parked both the family vehicles in the garage. What? Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that. Actually, this is what? the uh, first time in my adult life I've ever parked anything in a garage. Now, see, I, I've always just thought that that was a Southern California thing that we don't use our garages because our weather's good all the time. But you get you get weather there. I figured yeah, that man, everybody uses uh, their garages for their vehicles. No? No. No. <laughs> a garage is, uh, depends on the uh, on your tax bracket, man. A lot of the, uh, the middle class folks like us, we uh, people usually turn them into extra rooms, like close it in. Ah, yeah. Extra bedroom. Yeah, but now, I mean, I, it's, uh, I mean, it's just previously, I've only had a home with a garage like twice, and uh, as far as rentals go, it's just been a big catch-all crap. Hmm. And uh, my wife is, is the one that, that has shown me the light as far as parking in the garage. It's going to be really great in the winter when I have a straight light up in the gym. Yeah, that'll be nice. So, yeah, I recommend it, man. Clean the stuff out, park the car. Nah, I'll think about it. <laughs> Probably not going to happen though. <laughs> but right on. Well, hey, it was good catching up with you. I'm gonna uh, move on to another one. And um, on to the next one. On to the next one. I hope that you make it home okay and that you continue to heal well, brother. Yeah, buddy. Thanks, man. Clifton Worley, how are you doing, bud? How have you been? It's, uh, I haven't, I feel like I haven't talked to you in at least a few weeks. Yeah. Probably, um, probably man, over I'm doing a good. month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, just yeah, over here in Mississippi, uh, we've been trying to get back to normal. Uh, and, you know, I've been back going into the office. Uh, now regularly for about the last three, three or so weeks. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, still it's like, it's not over, but everybody's kind of thinks it's over. So it's kind of a weird dynamic, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it has, uh, I mean, little bits have changed for everybody everywhere, but, uh, I mean, in your, your role, your job has things changed a lot or. Are you uh, having to make some big yeah, adjustments? Yeah, it it, it, it kind of has like uh, a lot of the things that I would used to do on a week to week basis kind of been put on pause, and so um, I've been having to be had to do other things during the COVID crisis, and then like right now it's kind of like how to restart those things, and um, 
you know, well, you know, working in the church is one of those things where, like, we really haven't seen all the people come back yet. Right. And so, um, it's kind of, it's kind of a very weird time, um, you know, in my corner. But I, I know everybody has a, has had a weird time, and you know, um, trying to figure out this life after COVID or during COVID kind of thing. So mm-hmm. we uh. So it's been interesting. We took our first uh, took our first outing we've had this weekend. We we, we have been pinned up in the house for three months, you know. Yeah, and uh, we were like, if we do this safely, we wear masks and we take precautions. We're gonna go do something, you know, try to do something to get the girls out of the house. Yeah, I saw you went on like a trip to Florida or something. Yeah, right? we went on, we went on a little trip. We uh went over to Selma, Alabama. I. I and the way this was such a last minute thing, like I got off work on Thursday and uh, we had kind of, I'd kind of pitched this idea. We're going to go somewhere. And we just kind of spontaneously, I saw this, they had the trail from Selma to Montgomery, which is like the civil rights march mm-hmm. that Martin Luther King took part, part in. And um, so we drove over to Selma and then uh, stayed the night there and then got up the next morning and, kind of saw, you know, like the places that were significant in Selma that uh, revolved around that march. Mm-hmm. And then um, we took the 51-mile drive down the highway that they walked. Okay. It took them four days to do it um, to Montgomery, to right in front of the, um, the state capitol, the governor's mansion there. And uh, when we got to Montgomery, uh, it was pretty interesting. There was a lot of history there, and, you know, um, like the governor's mansion set at the top of this hill and down at the bottom of the hill was the Tom Bigby river. Okay. And they had this, uh, this, uh, market square down at the bottom, closer to the river had this big like fountain that was really old. And the story goes, and this kind of, it kind of was a weird thing because, you know, we don't like to talk about the South during the civil war and, you know, things, but the bad part of history. Yeah. But they, they used to take and they would haul slaves up the river there and have this big auction, you know, mm-hmm. there at the, at the, at the fountain every Saturday in complete view of the governor's mansion. Hmm. And it just blew me away. I was like, that seems so backwards, but that was 155 years ago, you know? Yeah. Um, that this was happening, um, here in the South. So, it was, it was very eye-opening, and, you know, um, the uh, to, to realize that 55 years ago, you know, 100 years ago, 100 years after that happened, you know, they had these people in uh, Selma who still couldn't vote, and yeah. they were fighting for their right to vote, and, you know, they marched. It took them four days to do it, and uh, with the resistance of the Alabama state troopers and the— uh, the, the local law enforcement there basically attacked them and ambushed them and beat the snot out of them from my first attempt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they tried three times and on the third attempt, they made it, they had 25,000 people march, you know, to, wow. to Montgomery. So pretty significant. It's one of those things that, you know, you kind of heard about, but, um, you know, in light of all the things that are happening now, it was, uh, it was a good reminder, you know, to, mm-hmm. to experience that. Of course, so, my kids had tons of questions, and I was just gonna say, man, you got you got some some young kids there too. How do you, uh, and you know, and I got young kids that 
trying to, you know, yeah. don't know how to explain everything that's going on about all this stuff to them really in the world. Like how, how'd you go about that briefly? I mean, you don't have to go into a lot of detail, but like, how, how did you approach that with your kids? Cause it, it, well, it seems like it's well, a hard it thing, was, but maybe it's not, I don't know. Yeah, it, it was a very hard thing. And, and really it started with, uh, like, at least for my oldest one, you know, she had read about Rosa Parks, you know, who got arrested in Montgomery for not giving her seat up on mm-hmm. the bus to a white man who wanted it. Um, and she had read about that. And then uh, a few weeks ago, like when all those riots and stuff were breaking out, she came in and saw that on the TV and started asking questions. And of course we had to uh, explain that to her. Yeah. And, um, she, uh, you know, she's very tenderhearted nine-year-old. And I uh, was just in tears over it. And we had to kind of explain that some of that stuff is still happening today, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that was tough. So I felt like it was a time that, you know, I heard about this and really had not put much thought into it. And I was looking for things to do, and it came up on a list. Um, and I was like, you know what? I think this is timely. We need to do this. Yeah. And um, so... Man, it was uh, it was eye opening, and you know, I could I could probably ramble on for thirty minutes about what I saw there, but <laughs> not gonna do that on your show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, save that uh, for the Clifton Worley show. I've noticed you've got a, a few new episodes out these days, huh? Yeah, um, they've been kind of revolved around this this uh, you know the the current state of events. Um, I had Adam the hand. Hannick on the first week mm-hmm. and then um we, we kind of talked about well you know since we're we, we're both christians he was we wanted to say you know how to how, how should a christian respond to this and so he being a pastor you know he uh he kind of gave some good insight into that we, we had a discussion um the week after that i had a uh a friend of mine uh he's a rapper michael schaefer mm-hmm. and uh he had just written a single, um, We Can't Breathe, about the you know the death of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of talked about from a different angle. You know, we're both from Mississippi, kind of how I had seen it growing up versus his world. And um, it, it's amazing. Like, it, one of the main attention I had is that, you know, um, we need to start having this discussion, and we need to talk to, you know, both sides of the community. Yeah. And we're going to learn things that, that neither of us had heard before, you know. And so, um, I, th- I you know, it's kind of where my heart and my head has been at. Um, yeah, say from, I, from, I think I got from, at least one more I'm going to do. Okay. What's that? I was just going to say, yeah, from the outside perspective, um, it definitely looks like you you have been on a, a true, like, soul-searching and, like, introspective journey right now. Um, yeah. More so than, like, most people that I see. Like, it, it, I don't know, I, I've been watching what you're doing and, you know, watching because you are very good about keeping us up to date on Facebook <laughs> about what what's going on <laughs> in your mind. And so it, it's it's been really cool to watch. And uh, Well, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not come without a lot of weight. Yeah. And um, and I've had, you know, off to the side outside of Facebook, a lot of really tough discussions with people you know, in, in my life and, mm-hmm. um, even, you know, on Facebook, like people that I've known for a long time, you know, would kind of get upset at some of the things, you know, I've been talking about. Yeah. And, uh, 
trying to trying to navigate that is has been a little tricky. Um, I, I can tell you what it depletes you. It depletes you mentally and spiritually to uh, to dig down it, that deep. And so I wouldn't recommend as an intense dose <laughs> as I have. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I um I know for like the la- last week or so I kind of took a break off social media until yesterday just to kind of re- reboot myself a little bit because. It's some heavy stuff, but it's it, it's real things that are happening, yeah. and um, and you know we need to be we need to uh, just be aware of it, but try to be part of the solution. And uh, you know, I think for one thing, the biggest thing is seeing seeing the things like the the killing of George Floyd and 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 then some of the other things that's happening. It makes it, it really grieves me, but at the same time, I don't know how to. Uh, you know, the action I should take. Right. Right. And so, um, I'm trying to dig down deep and say, okay, well, what should I do? I think what I do is going to be different than somebody else, you know, yep. but it's kind of like, what, what should I do about it? And uh, I think where it starts is first of all, in your family, you know, mm-hmm. um, teaching, you know, teaching your kids, Hey, I know this is going on, but this is the right way just to, to handle this. Yeah. And then I think that the next step is what can I do, you know, in my community and among the people that I know to, uh, to, I like, I, I want to put it this way. How can I use the little bit of influence I may have to do some good? Right. And so that's what, that's where I've been at, man. It's been kind of a heavy journey the last few weeks. But, um, so wow. other than that, man, uh, I got a new pedal yesterday. Oh. Okay, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, um, for Father's Day, I got a, uh, my wife and kids got me a Kiwi Omni Reverb. Ooh. And so, it's been kind of fun. So that's uh, Omni Reverb, if I remember right. That's got, is that the one with three styles in it? It's got plate, spring, room? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, um, I nailed that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh. It's a really cool, like, kind of meat and potatoes kind of pedal. Yeah. Because basically all you have is a level and a, and a dwell knob, mm-hmm. and then you can select. It's got a switcher, you know, for the three different types of reverbs. And surprisingly, you know, when I play reverb pedals, most of the time I usually find, like, one type of reverb on there that I like, you yeah. know. But, like, all three of them were exceptionally good. And uh, I usually don't like room reverb for whatever reason. And this one had a really good one. It, it kind of had like that old uh, LA studio, um, you know, hit maker, uh, yeah. like guitar sound that, that, you know, everybody kind of knows what I'm talking about, I think. Yeah, kind of like that, almost that, that 80s not stadium reverb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the other, yeah. The other 80s option besides stadium. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, uh, I really liked that, and um, it sounds really good. You know, you turn that dwell knob all the way up um, on all of them. So nice. I, I'm happy with it. it you know, um, it's better than that little ocean verb that I picked up. Yeah. At Nam for twenty bucks. <laughs> that we're not even sure if you really bought it from the right person. That one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Right on. Well, um, 
you know, I appreciate you, Clifton. And uh, like I said, I've been watching uh, your journey, which is, you know, is taking me on my own journey as well. And um, I just wanted to catch up with you for everybody that uh, maybe doesn't get a chance to tune into your episodes on your show like like me because my schedule's all crazy I, I haven't had a chance to catch up with what you got going on so i figured i'd do it publicly <laughs> <laughs> well uh thanks for yeah thanks for letting me be on and you know it's just good to talk to you as always and uh so right on. thanks right. man yeah definitely Yeah, I'd be blocked. <laughs> right on. Hey, Kevin Equitz, how you doing, man? How you been? Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Sorry. Oh, no worries. Uh, I kind of sprung. I kind of sprung this on everybody. So no, that's all right. Just just roll with it, man. This is life. Yep. Yeah. How you doing? Good now. Good now? Uh, good. Been busy. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, just, uh, you know, work and stuff. Um, work's been busy. Good kind of busy, I guess. Yeah, that's good. And I had to work a little bit this weekend, so. Ugh. Weekend work's never fun, though. No, that's kind of bad. <laughs> but, you know, it's all right. In the end, that's the that's the stuff that pays the bills, so got to Gotta keep up with that one, you know. Yeah, that is very true. He says, like in the Big Lebowski, like gotta feed the monkey or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I have never seen that movie. I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be open, honest, and transparent. Never seen the Big Lebowski. It's, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's all about like I could listen to it without having to watch it. I think. Yeah. It's about the dialogue, like the interplay with um, like him and John Goodman's character. Um, it's a lot of a lot of expletives, but um, just the banter. Like it's it's I don't know. It's really amusing. Yeah, that's good lines in it. One of these days, I'll give it a pretty I'll bizarre. It a go. Yeah. I feel like I know enough right. of the of the pop culture references at this point that I'm like, ah, I don't need to watch it. But you know, I'm sure it. I'm sure there's. Uh, there's good stuff in there that's just not part of common pop culture vernacular, right? Yeah, like the best moments are just some of the the conversations they're having, like in between major scenes. In yeah. my opinion. Okay. Well, I will. I will have to give it a go at some point then. <laughs> Definitely, give yeah. it a shot. But uh, so, so what's, what's up, going man? on, man? Oh, what's going on with me? I. Well, yeah. Paul and I can't seem to get our schedules together these days, so uh, that's why I am doing this kind of halfway, sort of not planned, spur of the moment episode thing. Check doing the uh, checking in with the homies. Um, that's cool. Who else are you checking in with? Oh, we got uh, Will Hugh, uh, Clifton. Supposed to have a few others coming on. You're the you're the third call I've made so far, so. Oh wow! We're getting there. Trying to, I, I'm on a split shift right now, so, um, trying to make my the my middle of my day that's open with nothing to do but sit on the couch and sleep, 
um, trying to fill it with phone calls and seeing who's available when. So. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, it's kind of kind of fun. <laughs> That's cool, man. How's that telly coming along? Well, I guess the the multiple tellies you're working on. Uh, well, so I finished bubblegum, which is the white, uh, the Olympic white with the pink pick guard. Um, yeah, dude, that looks so good. I was working on the setup over the weekend. It's still not quite where I want it to be, um, but it's really close. For like, what's it doing? Um, it just action is higher than I want it to be. Um, and if I try, when I try and lower it, I get fret buzz. Um, mm-hmm. so, which, you know, and I was comparing it to my Nashville Telecaster, uh, which is, you know, it's set up how I like my Telecaster and the measurements are all pretty much exactly the same, but for some reason, this one, it's getting, it's just not feeling quite right. So it might need a fret leveling. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Cause it is, it's a neck I just bought off of eBay. So, yeah, some of those, well, probably most of those aftermarket necks, I'm not an official expert on it, but most of them, I don't think they really do much of a, like a fret dressing on them. Yeah. I think a lot of times they just put in the frets and, um, and that's what you got. Um, it probably doesn't take much, but, might be a good opportunity to, to try your hand at, um, you know, leveling and crowning the frets. Nope. It's not too bad. You could totally do it. I, I was just thinking that I would play it the way it is for now with the set of strings I got on, and next time before I go to change strings, I'll just take it in and have a, a real setup done. Uh, you should give it a shot, man. I'm a professional, no. <laughs> no. It's not that big of a deal crowning and leveling frets it sounds like a big deal well it does but it's not mm-hmm. like you need um you need a good long straight edge um okay. and uh you know probably about 400 in sandpaper and the fret files like you don't need to get the crazy expensive ones um you can get pretty decent ones um i could i could see if i could maybe hook you up or something well, but um, I, I did get a a fret and nut file set off of Amazon because I was okay. I thought that the nut that was coming on this neck was just going to be like a stick, you know, just like blank. And so I was, mm-hmm. I was mentally preparing myself to like have to get in there and figure out how to cut a nut. But I, you know, I threw strings on there and all the measurements came out right. So I'm like, I guess I don't, I, and it was already slotted. So I was like, I guess maybe he cut it or whoever made this thing cut it for the right strings or something. So I don't know. I mean, well, that's good. I play kind of, I play 10 and a halves, you know, from string joy. Cause I have to be annoying like that. And, uh, yeah. And, the, but they fit in there. And the, so it worked out. Yeah. I don't think that's too dramatic of a difference. I mean, if you were going up something like 12s or you know, like, and you really feel it. Um, yeah, I did, uh, I did come across two packs of strings in my dresser when I was cleaning, just cleaning, you know, spring cleaning stuff. And I, I came across two packs of string joys that were 14s. And I'm like, what? what? What in the world? Why did I order 14s? And then I thought about it for a second, and they're baritone. Baritone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's right. Man, I'm not, I didn't even, I don't even remember having those. So it's cool. You should put them on a telly, see what happens. Um, 
I don't. It sounds risky. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, you should totally try the front level. Like, um, it's not that big of a deal. Well, I would really recommend, and you can probably find. Like, I know they're out there. They're they're probably not the best in the market, but you know they're darn good enough. Um, is a notched straight edge because okay. what you want to do is make sure that the, the neck is actually flat mm-hmm. when you're, um, you know, because you have two different things happening, the, the flatness of the neck or fretboard and then the flatness of the fret. If all you're measuring on the frets, you're only catching the surface, not what's happening under the surface. Yeah. So it's, it's worthwhile to, to be able to measure the fretboard. You can even make your own. If you get one of those, um, like a like a drafting ruler or something you know something that's long and um long enough to to span the fretboard mm-hmm. but is um you know like they have those kind of clear plastic ones that are they're thick yeah. um you know they could be like an eighth, eighth of an inch thick or something um if you take the time you know you could file in a little like groove where all the frets are just so that it goes over the frets and, and touches the the board um, but that would be a really useful tool to have, especially with, you know, like the flipping and whatnot. You know, it's, it's super good to kind of diagnose what the heck is going on with a guitar because the frets aren't giving you the whole story just by themselves. Yeah. So you get a, a notched straight edge, which you could make yourself. Um, a, uh, you know, a good, um, you know, some of those, um, they have like fret levelers, you know, you don't need the crazy long one that is the whole length of the, the board, you know, you can get one that's maybe about, I don't know what the middle size is, like eight or nine inches or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, the radius ones are fine. Um, you can also use one that's not radius. Um, I've seen people argue about either, and I think it's more of a preference, but if you're careful and you do it, you know, slowly, you can do it with either. And, um, then you would just need a crowning file and some of those, like my favorite one is not the most expensive one out there. Um, and it's got two different grits and I only use one of them. Um, and then you would, um, then you would just need to, you, you make sure that it's dead level, mask it off. Cause that one's a maple board, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's like rosewood or ebony or something dark, I still mask it off, but mask it off in between the frets get a Sharpie and mark the tops. Yeah. This is make sure that it's dead flat before you put the tape on and stuff, you know, so that you're actually getting the true measurement. You're not trying to measure the tape, you're measuring the board. Get it dead flat, uh, tape it off, mark the frets. And then if, um, if you have a straight, straight edge, like one that's not radius, mm-hmm. then you would just make it very carefully kind of follow the string paths, you know, almost like a, uh, like how, how a compound radius looks. Mm-hmm. Um, very careful all you got to do is really you just you don't even have to push hard you just kind of lightly drag it across the fret and you're you're slowly kind of taking off a uniform thickness all the way through not thickness but you a uniform level and eventually you'll see that sharpie wear down you see a little like shiny stripe in the middle of them hmm. keep doing that like in one direction like don't scrub back and forth because you'll just get the middle more and the edges not as much so it's kind of in one direction just you know carefully you're not in a hurry and then once you have all of them like i'll like little flat tops you know they'll, they'll all have that um mark them again so put ink back on there so they're all dark again use like a black or a blue sharpie mm-hmm. then you hit it with the crowning file 
and follow that curvature, you know, and, and, and you, as you start filing it down, now it's almost like the opposite effect. Now you're, you're showing metal on the sides and, and you're keeping the middle dark. Hmm. So, um, you just do that until it's got like this really fine pinstripe right down the middle. And you can even use that fret file. It's a cool little technique. It'd be hard to explain over the phone, but I can show you like in a video. You can do your fret ends with that too. You can round them, uh, round them over because now you've taken it down flat. You can round them over and then um, hit it with some sandpaper. Usually, um, usually go, you know, four, six, eight, 1200 grit and then um if you have some of those like some people use like metal polish or um there are those fret erasers which are kind of like a like a rubber that's got like an abrasive in it um but you know if, if you don't want to like you know totally buy stuff from the catalog you know you could you could polish them up with um the sandpaper and then finish it off with some steel wool i like to hit it really hard with the steel steel wool and it um it'll polish them up a bit hmm. and you peel the tape off and you're pretty much good to go um i mean there are better ways to do it of course like with you know jigs and machinery and whatnot but like that's kind of a you know like the battlefield medic um you know yeah. like that'll that'll work for you Okay. And it's just, it's a good experience because, you know, the more you do that, you could, uh, you could save yourself, you know, it's, it'll take some time, but in the end you'll save yourself some dough and, you know, then you can kind of dial it in the way you like. Um, it's worth trying. If anything, just to kind of have an understanding of the process and, you know, you can brag to your friends that you did it. You know, you're already doing your own spray finish. Might as well do your own fret work. I know. I, the, I don't know what is happening with me. I have no desire to build guitars. I, I don't really even have a whole lot of desire to do like the parts builds that I've been doing, but these opportunities just keep coming up to put stuff together. And so I keep doing yeah, it man. and it's kind of getting upsetting. <laughs> so what's the other telly going to be like? It's uh, isn't it like a, like walnut or something like a little nice. Yeah, it's walnut like grain. Um, I haven't figured out exactly what I'm going to do with it. I, I had a crazy idea to do uh, like an SG type bevel all the way around. Yeah, I and saw that. That was cool. It, and I did a test run on that Epiphone SL body that I had, and it came out great. And so I went went to town on the Tele body with it, and I, I went a little too deep on uh, the edge that it turned into a forearm contour. So I wasn't intending to do a forearm contour. I was just going to do a nice, even bevel all the way around, but, um, it got away. The jigsaw got away from me. So <laughs> now it's got a forearm. Oh, you did it with a jigsaw. Well, I started it with the jigsaw and then, uh, yeah, I cleaned it up with a sander. Oof. Well, <laughs> of all places to go too far, I mean, making it a forearm contour is not the end of the world. Right. And yeah, it's funny because, other builders I've talked to, they thought they made an accident before. Like, oh, I thought I took too much out of this contour, but it ends up being more comfortable. So I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, it'll be it'll be cool. And then, um, I don't know, I'm toying around with the idea of either doing like um, uh, like a 72 Deluxe type of thing with it, with a fathead stock and humbuckers, or a baritone neck. And then I recently just had the worst idea that's probably actually going to happen. 
Um, I'm going to see if I can retrofit a short scale base neck into it and turn it into a base. Huh. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I, I just thought of it. I'm like, I wonder, I mean, I, I probably could fit a 30 inch scale into that body. It'd just be a matter of the neck pocket. And, you know, it keeps in the tradition of me doing things that probably shouldn't be done. <laughs> well, it could work. I mean, the 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 neck, I don't really know much about. Like, the, the one short-scale bass I've done, the body was about the same dimensions as, like, a standard guitar body. Mm-hmm. However, the... Um, the the cutaway because of like the placement of the bridge how it's a little further back on the body like a base the the triple side cutaway needed to be a lot deeper um i don't i don't know if that would work um well somebody just locally listed a uh, squire bronco base for 60 bucks on facebook marketplace so that thing might turn into uh the neck that I try and do this with. But I don't know about the, um, the pocket. You might have to route out that pocket. I don't know if there's enough real estate there either. Yeah. Um, because the fender bases, if I'm not mistaken, I think the bridge is a standard, like the regular standard bridge and the nut width is the standard nut width, but that scale length is shorter. Mm-hmm. So that means that the, the angle is steeper. Like, you know, the, the way that it slopes towards yeah. the headstock end when I was doing a short scale, um, for my daughter, um, that tripped me up, man. Like I had to measure and measure and measure. I went to guitar center and I was looking at the sort of like, <laughs> am I missing something? Cause this does not look right. And it was, it just, it, it just messes with your head. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm getting at. I don't know if that means that the, the heel is like the, the size of a, a guitar or a, a bass. Um, I think, it's I mean, the beauty of somewhere in their between. stuff is all modular, but, Maybe it's somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean that's kind of hard to picture, but um, but that's still pretty cool. Um, I mean uh, that may that may be the way I go. I don't know. I don't. I gotta slow down on the projects a little bit. Um, But yeah, I'll get to that. I'll get to that one. (laughs) And then what about a finish on that one? Is it? I'm sorry. Did you say it's walnut? It's walnut. Yeah. So I just I just did a clear. Oh, you already did it. Yeah, I already did it. I got I gotta Good. touch it up. It got a, it got a lot of bubbles in it for some reason. Like I followed the instructions to a T, and it's just a it's like a wipe on lacquer or brush. Like it says to use either a rag or, uh, or a foam brush. Um, it's actually is it aqua coat. Yeah, aqua coat, which is like the stuff that Roni always talked about on his show, right? Huh. So, but it had, yeah, had a ton the, of bubbles the, in it. So. The bubbles are going to happen, um, especially like you have to, that's stuff you have to like stir it. It's like the the whole thing is like one big transcendental like zen, you know, <laughs> to be all these, you know, like if you if you shake the can or anything like that, you know, you can't create any bubbles because they're a pain to get rid of. Yeah. And you got you to gotta keep just layering it on like thin and build it up over a while. But does it, are you able to like sand it back and you know keep adding to it? Yeah, yeah, that's what I've done. I've kind of, you know, sand it back a little bit, add another coat, and it kind of makes the rough spots disappear and all that. So, 
That stuff, I don't know how well it would work. Some finishes it would, some it wouldn't. But what you might be able to do is if you can just kind of like, kind of like sand halfway down that bubble so it's more like a crater, mm-hmm. like you should be able to just with a toothpick kind of drop some extra bit of finish down in there. Okay. Um, and let it fill in. Like build it up higher than you think it should be. Yeah. And then, then sand it again and then try adding another layer. Um, okay. Sometimes if it's sat too long, like the the two um, the two layers won't like um, amalgamate, or you know they, they won't like melt together. Yeah. Some products they will. Um, honestly, I've seen both between nitro and, and water based and all that. Like, um, and again, this, that's not my area of expertise. That's more of like a repair trick, yeah. but um, but it's definitely worth uh, you know. It, still, in the end a little bit of like wiggle in the finish or, or like uh, what they call witness line. Mm-hmm. Like it's still better than a, a bubble. Absolutely. You're probably the only one who's going to know where those are. Mm-hmm. Well, all that's right. cool, man. Yeah. So that, that's it. That's what's going on with me. That's what's going on with you. I got to, got to try and keep these a little condensed. I got a couple more of them. I'm going to squeeze into this episode, but, uh, I, I thank you right for on. thank you for being on, Kevin. No problem. Have you been recording this whole time? Absolutely. Hello. You're live with the flipping flippers. Do you know the phrase that pays? Caller number six. Um, is it um uh, flipping to the gear of your dreams. <laughs> oh, so close. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. I just had a, a, a couple of the people that were, I had scheduled to record with right now. Uh, both didn't pick up the phone. So I thought I'd give you a call and put you uh, in the middle here. <laughs> I don't have time for this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Was this a podcast? That's yeah, kind of the response I was expecting. So yeah, um, I mean, we talked about this. I don't have time for this. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. Um, but five minute update. What's going on? Just living the dream. Right on. All right. Living the so, dream. Working, working, working. Bought a strat for fifty bucks. Nice. Uh, bought. Bought a um, Mustang for seventy five, so I'm um, I can't wait to take those apart and spray paint them. Yeah. Yep. So uh, other than that, nothing. I'm just you know being a dad. How was your uh, How was your um, your Father's Day? Uh, it was good. Good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about it though. I'm like, seeing as how we call ourselves the Guitar and Dadding Podcast, we really didn't do anything for Father's Day. No, we don't. that's because that's what happens for us for other, every Father's Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you get back to uh, what you're doing. I just threw you in the middle here for fun. So. I like it. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Yellow. 
here on the line with the flippin' flippers. Do you know the phrase that pays? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, well, that means I couldn't think of something witty that fast. <laughs> That's all right. I just in, uh, I'm just sitting in here in the studio calling people and recording a five minute. Uh, you know, I say five minute. I don't think any of them have actually been five minutes yet. Just saying, hey, what's up? How you doing, man? Since, la- <laughs> since we last talked to you on the show. Okay, cool. So, how you doing? What's up, man? How you been? <laughs> been staying busy. How about you? Uh yeah, too busy. Um, it's partially why I'm doing this because our my schedule has been bananas, so Paul and I have not right. been able to make anything work. So, okay. So, so now I just cold call people and record it. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, that's the new format. I see. I see. I yeah. see. How's that? Yeah. How's that bass coming along? Uh, pretty good, actually. Uh, I should be able to get some picks up this week. Um, I got uh, I got just about everything done. I really just down to final sanding, and uh, I was uh, I was working at lunchtime today on the the plate, the metal plate. Because ah, yeah. once I yeah, I got them laser cut, and that uh, well, I ordered that out, and then uh, but I was reworking it, adding the screws and all that stuff. I'm going to take it in, drop it off at the plater tomorrow. Hopefully, get that back in a couple of weeks and be ready to rock and roll. Nice. When do you got literally what, what yeah say what's the uh, due date on that thing again or is that is that a moving target nowadays uh yeah you know so that's uh sub, end of september so i've got plenty okay. of time yeah i've got plenty of time but i also you know we've been in this phase of trying to work this balance between doing projects around the house mm-hmm. and and trying to do a little bit of guitar stuff and then it's a hundred degrees and I can't do either. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, uh, you know, like this week it's going to be a hundred all week. So that means I can work in the shop a little bit in the mornings, but it's just too hot in the afternoons. Gross. Yeah. That's way too, that's too much. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's a balance and I still got one F3 I haven't finished. So I'm been working on that a little bit in the evenings. Which, which one is that? Uh, the turquoise one that I made for me. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, that was going to be one of my demos. It was, it was, it, I just never got around. Like as soon as I finished this stuff up and I got all the other ones done, um, and I got that last walnut one done, the one with the copper pick guard and all that. Mm -hmm. And then I got all that stuff done. And this one, because it has a bound neck and stuff, it was going to take me a little while longer to get the nut made and stuff. So I set it aside and then got distracted with, projects home projects and then started working on this base because originally i had to have it done in may yeah. and um and i didn't want to lose time on that and you know how it is when there's no pressure stuff doesn't get done right. exactly <laughs> so i'm kind of back to creating my own pressure yeah i've got i've got a whole garage full of uh of things that there's no pressure to finish so exactly yeah exactly so you know what i'm talking uh-huh. about a hundred percent. So, and that's the one that's the most tricked out that I'm most excited to actually get done. I just, yeah. you know, because it's got, that one's got a, got a mastery on it and the neck is laminated. It's got a whole bunch of cool stuff. So yeah, that's the, the, uh, I was trying to think what's the fancy French word for the, uh, the best of the best. 
I thought for it, what? The, what's the fancy? There's a fancy French word for like the best of the best, right? I, for some reason, I thought coup d'état, but that's like when a, you no. overthrow a government. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, well, that's the, the creme de la creme. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe, there you go. I think that's what I was trying to think of. Uh, my my brain is not functioning properly, so these days yeah yeah well that's join the club these days man we're all going crazy <laughs> yep and locked inside and can't go anywhere nothing to do and no oh, man it's i been i tried going weird. to the grocery store this last weekend and because my wife has been nope. gracious enough to take care of it most of the time and uh i tried it and i hate it i don't want to go to the grocery store anymore i used to love going grocery shopping now i do not yep no, that's dude. We've just been, buy online, pick up in store. They bring it out to you. The stuff you don't get, plus some of the produce because you don't want you want to pick that yourself. Mm-hmm. I like run to the store at like nine thirty p.m. when they close at ten, and you know on a Tuesday night, and there's nobody in there, and I go pick up, you know, a handful of stuff and get out. Yeah, because it's just insanity. Can't you know stand it because it's like there's you know our whole political system is devolving into are you a masker or a non-masker? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter which side you're on. Someone's going to give you crap. So I just, you can't be on the side of common sense anymore, apparently, because that just doesn't work for either side. Right. So. Right. No, there, there is no middle ground <laughs> in anything in life anymore. No. So, that's right. No, that's right. No. I just spray painted a big, E on the front of all my shirts for E for essential. So people know my standing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. I just, we, you know, I'm, I'm just staying home. Yeah. I, it's a I, good excuse. I stay home except for when I have to go to work. So, but Hey, I haven't spent a bunch of money on gasoline. So yeah, there you go. You know, it's a win-win. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. But well, no man. Yeah. Everything's good. Hey, if anyone's interested, I still have that red F3 sitting here. I haven't pushed it, but it's still sitting here. All right. Oh, I'll that... make someone a screaming deal on it if they're interested. Okay. Hit me up. Look at my Instagram. It's got all the the, the pictures on there. So You know, I haven't been doing my job well because actually uh, one of my coworkers, um, he keeps asking to try my F3 because he really likes it, the look of it, and he wants to uh-huh. try it out. And uh, actually, he just started listening to the show recently too. So, um, well, cool. So, Mark, I will let's let's set it up so you can come try mine, so that we can sell you the last one. <laughs> Dude, that was why I did that run and and did the special pricing and all that kind of stuff was just to get them out there in the field so people can play around with them. So, yeah, right on. All right. Well, so, hey, thanks for jumping on the line with me. I, you know, I didn't even text you first to see if you were available and. So. No, I think my wife's inside frowning because, like, dinner's almost ready, and then my phone rang, and I ran outside. So, <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll get it, get in there to dinner and uh, tell her I apologize, but uh, just to be cool. So, all right, <laughs> hey, but right. hey, later. did you ever yeah. say who it was that you were calling? Because, oh, Jonathan Fellows, I don't know, did I? Yeah, <laughs> was I, it, not to not while I was on the line. Well, yeah, you you know who it is. Uh, I know who it is. Yeah. Mystery guest. Mystery guest, Jonathan Fellows of Fellows Guitars, maker of exactly. the F3. <laughs> All right, man. All right. You have a good one. All right, Take you care, bud. Bye. Bye.